Yeah, yeah. Whoa. Hello. Oh, she uh, walk it like a talk it. Walk it. Walk it like a talk it. Walk it. Walk it like a talk it. Woo. Walk it like a talk it. You. Walk it like a talk it. Walk it. Walk it like a talk it. Walk it. Walk it like a talk it. Woo. Walk it like a talk it. Hey. Walk it like a talk it. Walk it. Walk it like a talk Yes. You are in. Welcome back. For those that are back, for you joining us for the first time, thank you. So, deeper. What's deeper? Oh, we're going to go deeper. Although I'll say, it looks like one more appetizer. And then we're going to start getting to more of the main courses. So, Jogging Jesus is back. We're going to ask and uh, tackle the question more of why and how do we know this is true. And, well... Let's go. Here you go. All right. Deeper. We got Casey in the house, a.k.a. Jogging Jesus. Welcome back, uh, Casey. Great to hear you. How's it going, buddy? It's going well today. And uh, yes, another Deeper. This is Deeper Episode 2. And as much... Listen, Casey, you know me well enough. Haste, I'm the guy like, let's just go. Let's just go. <laughs> and haste can make waste in, in in my world. And I can jump to things where you definitely got the breaks. So for these listeners that are like, man, I can't wait. I want to go deeper. Let's let's go. Let's start tackling some of this stuff. You 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 definitely get the pull, like, uh, okay, that's good, but let's let's set this up a little bit more. We need to make sure to explain the why. And uh, we just don't take this book for granted. I mean, clearly it's been vetted. We have some statistics and some thoughts on this, some things, but, but it's also to help the listener think deeper about this book as well. And then, and then we already have them waiting in the wings, right? Whether it's uh, a take on Daniel or, or, or a take from the Sermon on the Mount to, uh, might be Moses one day or Jeremiah another, or a combination thereof. We, we, you're clearly gifted there. I've seen it. You got stuff teed up. I'm like, I cannot wait to start sharing that. Uh, so that's coming. So I'm going to tease the listener on that a little bit. Let's let's get into the why a little bit more, and then that's going to set up for the deep dive. Yes, sounds good. Yeah. So last week we we kind of touched on essentially why I think the Bible is compelling at times, um, and how it's kind of impacted our world and our nation. But we didn't really go very deep into the credibility of the Bible mm-hmm. or yeah or how other people view the Bible. And so I kind of, today, before we actually dive in, like you said, I want to talk a little bit more about what the Bible is and um, how the church how the church really views it, or even how America views it. And so last week, I, I made the claim or the assertion that I believe that the Bible is the greatest book ever written. And I, I kind of talked about how it was the first book ever ta- or ever printed, um, ever tapped out on a telegraph, first yes. scripture to the moon. Yep. Um, but on top of that, just its influence on what it's done, it's argued that no other scripture or no other book on this planet has influenced more ministries to actually reach the poor, the broken, um, the hurting. But on top of that, it also influenced... Uh, the first hospitals. Uh, some people don't know that. So right. in 325 AD, the first hospitals basically came out of the church. And that's why we have so many St. Francis and St. Michael's and St. Jude's. Um, 
but then also the first orphanages came about as well. That's right. Take care of the widows and the the orphans. Exactly. Yeah. and, And that's kind of out of how we view ourselves. Like we were once orphans and Jesus took us in. Like we be, we are now adopted in as children of God. We're not just his creation anymore. Um, and this is another interesting thing. So that a lot of people think that knowledge and scripture don't go together, right? Like you can't be a scientist and, right. and love Jesus. Right. But the first, the, almost all the Ivy League schools were started up by Christians. That's right. Actually, can you like, pause on that for a sec, Casey? Harvard, this just came up somewhere else. It might have been Pastor Ricky Jenkins. Harvard and Yale, he, 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 maybe you have this teed up. The, the, their, their creeds, like the actual founding statements of these universities, blew me away. They blew away, they blew away my, my secular or uh, my atheist brother-in-law on the, other, on the East Coast. Like, really? That's hard. That was Harvard? Anyway, yeah, go ahead. Harvard's is for the glory of Christ. Right. That is in there. I mean, that's, that's, that's that blew my mind. I was like, how far have we gone? That's wild. I didn't even know that. I was like, that blew my mind. Yeah, and now and now people are being arrested for handing out Bibles on these Ivy League schools property. So so it's interesting how that's really flipped. Wow. Um but a study that I read last week, so this is kind of how how the Bible has influenced our nation and even our world, brought us health care and stuff like that. But how do we view it as Americans? So this study that I read last week uh, shows that almost nine out of 10 American households have a Bible and the average household has three Bibles. Hmm. And so, I mean, that's that seems a lot higher than what I was expecting. Yeah, me too. But, but I, that's, there's, a, there's an asterisk, right? Well, and so that same study shows that out of Americans, only 53% have or fifty three percent have read very little or none of the Bible. Yeah, and so I the majority higher. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, and I mean that's very very little. I mean, higher that are not reading none it. of it. Yeah, that have never that have not read the Bible, and only twelve percent have actually read the entire Bible. And so, going back to this question of that we that we posed what, three weeks ago when we talked about the false gospel and how, how do people fall into that by giving their money to, to these prosperity preachers who aren't even preaching the gospel? And why is there such a division between all of these churches and some call them false and some don't? And I think the division comes down to this, where it's, we don't know what we believe. Mm. You know, so... I mean, even people in the church, many people in the church, you ask them, have you read the Bible? And and you don't get a very positive response, typically. And then last week, I was in a discussion with uh, an atheist woman, and we were having a discussion about the Bible and its credibility. And she was posing some pretty, pretty out there um, accusations. And so my buddy asked her, have you have you ever read the Bible? And she said, I've heard enough about it to know what it's about. Mm. And that's not, that's not to bash on her at all. I mean, she doesn't believe this stuff. So why, why read it? I right. guess you Pretty could common say response, by the way, I, I go ahead. I, yep. 
But as far as those who believe in this stuff, I feel like we take that same thought. Like I, I've heard enough about it to, to know what it's about. Right. Mm -hmm. I've heard, I've heard about Daniel and the lion's den. I've heard about Noah and the ark and I've heard about all of these Bible stories, but and so I'm good. I know what the Bible has right. to talk about, right? Yep. And they and sound so, like fairy tales. And uh, that's, by the way, we're going to get deeper into that as well of uh, where it goes beyond. Yeah. Just And, so, and so this makes me think, you know, this isn't the first time that this has happened where we're illiterate, biblically illiterate, and then falling into these traps of being taken advantage of. Mm. Um, going back 500 years, the church didn't believe that common people should have access to the Bible because they might misinterpret it. And in that they might get led to hell and, you know, that's never good to go to hell. So, and so what ended up happening because there's these biblically illiterate people, the church started selling things called indulgences. And these indulgences essentially mean you give us money, we will hire holy people to pray for your soul so that when you die, you'll essentially go from purgatory to heaven quicker. And so people are giving all this money away. And then along comes this man named, this this Catholic monk named Martin Luther, and and he he's reading the Bible and he's he's realizing that the church isn't teaching scripture. And so he so he writes up this huge thesis, and essentially out of that came Protestantism. Now that's not to bash on Catholics at all. I have nothing wrong with Catholics. That's just to show how being biblically illiterate doesn't have a check and balance for the people that we're supposed to trust. Hmm. Man, there's so much there, Casey. I think whether whether it's uh, a Catholic church or a Lutheran church or whatever church. Yes. Just like Harvard. We talked about Harvard earlier. It's wild when you read how it got started and then how we can veer off path, right? That's the human flaws. And by the way, I think it was pastor Bill, pastor P Billy, I call him the uh, former pastor of uh, Hosanna um, in Minnesota. That, that guy said churches are one of the biggest atheist factories there are because when we, when we get off, the Bible. We start. We start driving our own agenda as we become illiterate. We we can lose our way, and that's why I bet you a lot of these listeners, at least those that were on the fringe, were they're burned. They're burned somewhere, somehow, because someone wasn't getting it right, and then now that's their interpretation of what the Bible says. So, um, man, that's so good. I got I got more takes on that too, Casey. When, when you're ready, but uh, go ahead, brother. I don't mean to interrupt. Yeah, I agree. It's really easy for us to be burned. And so uh, that's why we created the Deeper Series. Once again, not so that we can teach people anything, essentially, but so that we can basically put an earworm in your ear and so that you're like, okay, I want to check this out. Are they telling the truth? And then you'll dig deeper. And then it's almost like as you start doing your own research – and you're reading scripture at the same time, it's like you're grabbing onto Jesus's hand and you two are, he's leading you rather than you being led by another human being. That's right. Man. And now I have nothing wrong with pastors. I, I believe that we're all called to be under a shepherd. Yep. That's what scripture tells us. Yep. 
but we we should we we have this privilege this privilege to have um to be able to dig into scripture i love how francis chan puts it he talks about how we treat our pastors like like israel treated moses mm-hmm. so when israel came out of the or came out of egypt um moses went up to the mu- went up the mountain and he met with God face to face. And when he came back down, his face was glowing with the glory of God. And the people are freaking out. They're like, tell us what he said. Tell us what he said. Huh. Well, we don't live in the time of Moses anymore. We live in the time where Jesus paid for us to be able to go up that mountain every single day and meet face to face with God. And yet we are pushing this off to our pastors. This is, I mean, to be able to meet with God is the greatest privilege that anyone would ever have. And we just defer it. Mm. Man, that's so good. Um, yeah. And that's, by the way, pursuing truth, right? It's the theme of this whole frydudes.com thing. Anyway, it's like we, we're a bunch of flawed dudes that are pursuing truth. So this is what we're going to dig into, digging deeper of what the truth says and then, right, we understand this great responsibility and how we're interpreting, but we're going to encourage you as well. Not everything comes out of our mouths is right. Um, even the pastor, like we said, I love that Francis Chan quote. By the way, he's one of your faves, isn't he? He's one of mine, too, yeah, Francis Chan. Yeah, I, I love that guy. Yeah. Um, be careful when you put the pastor on the pedestal. <laughs> yeah. Romans 3.23, they're flawed. They're flawed. That priest, whomever, they're flawed. That's why they screw up. This is why they stumble trip. This is why they get things wrong. This is why you get things wrong and why I get things wrong. But we can go to that book then to then try to discern truth and what is right and then make corrections, right? We're all works in progress. All of us, whether they want to admit it or not, we are. So um, that's that's good, Casey. I got a couple more examples, by the way, of the, the validity. You mentioned science, and then you also mentioned the book itself. I got a couple examples when you're ready, but I know you got stuff uh, teed up as well. Yeah, I, we can take it whichever way you want, Tom, but I, one question that's really been sticking out to me lately is mm-hmm. why don't we read? Like, why? what is the reason? Yeah, some of us have been hurt by pastors, and but I was kind of looking back on my past and why it took me so long to not read it. I mean, for one, I was essentially illiterate when I left high school, but um, other things that stuck out was I just, just felt like I didn't have time. Um, But then also when I went into college, people, people would say like, why would you read the Bible? Don't you know it's been translated so many different times that it's not even the same book as the original. Or the other thing that would always come up is you don't you know that it has so many historical flaws? Like it's not historical at all. Mm. And so these are these are things that kind of made me made me not really consider the Bible as much as I should have. Or, but then I was also a, a few years later I was challenged by all of these notions, and someone just told me, "Go look into it yourself. If you if you really believe this." Look into how it was translated. Look into um, if it's historically credible or not. Mm. And so I don't know if you want to yeah, go there's into the, that. But. Yeah, I do. There's the segue. So there we go. You teed it up. Um, I brought this book before in the past. We've discussed it. It's called Case for Christ. Lee Strobel, um, a major Chicago investigative reporter. His wife started getting into this. 
<laughs> pursuing truth. And he's like, no way, no way. I'm not going with this craziness at all. I'm going to prove this thing wrong. I'm going to prove this book is flawed. I'm going to prove this book is not historical at all. And he went after it big time. And there's a movie on it now. I, I believe it's still on Netflix. If not, uh, the book is called Case for Christ, Lee Strobel. Uh, he went out to do exactly this. And when I say anyone that wants to try to do that, um, well, there's others that have done it for you again. But you, but uh, I feel in the breaks there. No, you still need to test it yourself. Read it yourself. Check it for yourself. But this guy went really deep. Like he was, he's... Uh, uh, just like an investigative reporter would on any criminal case, he'd go in. Uh, he's he's a, a, a professors of history, historians. He's going after doctors and um, uh, anthropologists, and 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 really dug in deep. And well, you can tell probably by the name of the, the book, Case for Christ. Uh, he's like, no, this thing is legit. It is historical, and now I'm. Yeah, I, I see the truth. That and that, yeah. Anyway, Casey, back to you. Yeah, C.S. Lewis was another one. Oh, yeah. He 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 was this literary genius from Oxford, Oxford, and he could not believe that people believed in the Bible. And so then he was he was actually challenged by his friend J.R. Tolkien, and both of them were essentially historical scholars of literature literature and and so he started yeah so he started digging into this doing he's doing the same thing but in a different um realm so he started looking into the historical writings of this and he calls himself the most reluctant convert in in london (laughs) because he didn't want he didn't want to believe this yeah exactly he's by the way so yeah go ahead so i love when it's when it's actually these people who are these elite minds who actually can't stand Christians and they can't stand the thought of the Bible because it seems like fairy tales. And one quote that he says is, I found out that um, the difference, or he said, fairy, the difference between a, the Bible and the and fairy tales is the Bible happens to be a fairy tale that's actually true. Mm-hmm. And, so he, and so he's like, man, it's so fanciful, but it's, it actually happened. Right. It's, um, by the way, he's also, yeah, he, that guy really makes me think C.S. Lewis. So he wrote, um, a very interesting book we brought up many times, Screwtape Letters. That is a trip, by the way. It, it, it's, it's a wild way to look at things, but the other one though is mere Christianity is really good. So anyone that's more, um, doubting, not sure yet, this guy makes a pretty, he makes a good case now where, where he went and now he, he, he gives you the basic building blocks on philosophically of, of where he, he, he pivoted. Um, it's a very interesting read. It's a deep read, though, I'll warn you. But for anyone that's curious, that's another recommended read. Absolutely. So we've talked a lot about other books. Now, I guess let's just give an overview of what the Bible is. Um. So the Bible is actually really unique in that typically a book, even even religious books, typically are compiled uh, or are typically written by one author, um, such as the Quran was written by Muhammad in a cave over the course of 23 years. Um, but then there's also other books um, that are much more like proverbs. So if you want to talk about a com- 
a compilation of different writers, there's no history to it. It's actually uh, typically just proverbs or, or wise sayings that people have said over the years. Right. But the Bible is completely unique in that it's 66 books written by about 40 different authors right. over the course of 1,500 years. And it also wasn't written in just one context or in just one culture. I mean, it was written in Jerusalem, it was written in Egypt, in Babylon, in Rome, and so it just, it, it is not, um, it's not written from one mindset or one culture. And that's what's beautiful about the Bible, but what really makes it unique is even though it's written by all of these different people, and sometimes at the same time, books of the Bible are being written by prophets, and they're 1,700 miles apart with no um, correspondence with each other. And yet the Bible tells one unique story. And it's all about uh, man turning away from God, God wooing them back, God or man turning away, and God finally saying, I am going to redeem you myself by paying for your sins through my son Jesus. Which is all throughout Scripture. Old Testament and New Testament, Jesus is all throughout Scripture. Let's go back to, remember when I said the, we shared our testimonies last week where I was like, um, I call myself a baby Christian, but I was like, okay, if I'm really going to start getting into this, I'm not just go through the motions. I'm not just going to lean on a pastor. I need to, I need to decipher this for myself. I need to read this book, right? And better yeah. understand it. And I'm telling you, man, it wasn't until my twenties when I discovered, oh, this thing's like a puzzle that all fits together. Amazingly. Like you said, all these different all these different authors all over the place, put it together. And I'm going to go to Isaiah. So the, the famous Jewish prophet there, um, man, he's got some stuff written there. I'm like, Oh, that, that, that points to Jesus big time. Like, in fact, you, you said it, I forgot the, the exact number there, 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 there's a ton of it from different sources that point to a direction. So, um, yeah, just in just in Daniel eleven, which we might actually get into, but it's it's really dense, but it's considered to be the most um, the most compelling chapter in the entire Bible. It has one hundred and twenty five uh, prophecies that have been fulfilled just in the first thirty five verses of that chapter that we know historically happened, and they are absolutely detailed to the point that. Uh, secular historians argue that it had to be written after the events took place, but they struggle because other historians have disproven that by referencing Daniel hundreds of years before these historical events ever took place. So, I mean, the prophecy in it is so matter of fact. I mean, you, it can't be disproven. It's, it's amazing. And this is stuff that I never knew up until a few years ago. Mm. So good, Casey. Um, uh, like I said, I, I, I knew right when we started this and we, we were talking a little pregame before we even jumped on, like there's so much I want to do and I want to cover. I want to get it all in. Um, uh, we're, 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 we are coming to the time to, to cap this one, but to be continued big time. So if we have helped whet your appetite, I'm going to suggest you dive in. In fact, um, I caught myself last week. I did start with Genesis, by the way, and I went all the way through, and I, I shared how hard the Old Testament was, especially certain areas. I know you love John, I think, is your favorite place to start. 
I, I love Matt. I mean, I love it all, but Matt, Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount, I love that stuff. That stuff really, if you want to check what this thing's all about, if you can agree with it or dis, you know, you're going to agree or disagree, but you'll at least get a definite vibe of what it is, what your, what the calling is to be a true Christian. But, um, uh, yeah, Casey, if, if someone's going to say, okay, all right, all right, deeper, deeper, weird dudes. I, I'm going to start reading a little bit. I'm going to dive in. Do you want to start in Daniel? I mean, we're going to go to Daniel. We're going to talk about that probably next one. But or would you recommend they go to John? Where would you recommend they go first? Well, it really depends on where the person is spiritually. That's I mean, if you've point. read a decent apart, I mean, if you've read the Gospels, I think it'd be awesome if you just started reading John chapter one next week, so that you can really understand what we're going to be talking about. I think that that'd be great. But if you've never read scripture and you really want to understand what this is about, I would say start in John, um, move into probably move into Acts, which is right after John. And then uh, just go all the way through the new Testament. It's, it's beautiful. Right on. I will say revelation is a, is a trip. <laughs> I wouldn't start in revelation either. That that's, that one's uh that one can be, um, that one's a bit, bit of a, it's, it's a wild ride in a way, if that makes any have, sense, Casey. Yeah. But, you have to, you have to know the hope of, yeah. of the Christian before you dive into that one. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I would recommend, and this is something that I do every single time I read scripture is, so the Bible tells us that that you cannot interpret scripture on your own, which is why a non-believer can read the same exact text as oh. you and not not get it, not get what it's actually saying. And so you have to be, you, your eyes have to be opened by the Holy Spirit. That's what scripture tells us. Um, and so I always start out with just asking God, will you please interpret this for me? I, I can't on my own understand this. And I can tell you, I've read through this thing cover to cover many times, and I'm still, I'm still being fed. I'm, my eyes are still being opened daily. Um, I feel at times like I've never read it. Like that's how yeah. profound it can be. And you've had, we've talked about that many times where, just recently. Jonah, right? I always yeah. got just stuck on Jonah and the whale. I didn't. I was like, oh, huh. but how I that's because I didn't see the bigger picture. It's a living word. And so, I mean, Hebrews 4.12 tells us, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. It cuts between your soul and your spirit, between your joint and your marrow. It exposes your inmost thoughts and desires. All right. Which is how, which is how it convicts you. And it can also open your eyes and it can, I mean, it, draws you into being a more righteous person if you're willing to actually follow. Amen. I'll say, all right, that's, I, I would love to end on that note, Casey. That's going to help intrigue them. Test it for yourself then, listener. Uh, you, you heard where we recommended start. We're going to get deeper, I promise, uh, next week. And uh, thanks again for joining. You want in? What is your toughest question? Can you let us know? Just hit us up at the Contact Us page at FridayDudes.com. And then how do we know this is true? One, sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to waste my time. I'm not getting paid for this. You're not getting paid to listen to this, uh, which is extra thanks, by the way, for, for giving this a listen. Next, I, 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 well, just let me just say this. I've seen too many lives get better 
and stronger and with less anxiety and less darkness after tuning the Bible. Doesn't mean things can be perfect. In fact, it can be a guide and a compass through some of the toughest times in your life. Uh, I've seen just so many people benefit. And on the flip side, for the skeptic, yes, I have also seen many twist the words of this book for their benefit. And for now, we'll just call them wolves in sheep's clothing. And going back to what's true, the Bible even warns us about them. Don't believe me? Check out Matt 7, 15. That's Matt 7, 15. Don't let them get in your way of truth. Read and judge it for yourself. Ending on a song note, going back to Casey's list. Some of you are running on empty. And you're spending your whole life chasing what is missing. And when the world leaves you high and dry, come to the well. If you really think about it, the well is deep and where you often find the best water. This is the well by the Casting Crowns. If you dig, please give them and yourself some love and add it to your deeper playlist. Now go deeper. Go back, start reading uh, Matt, Matt again and or John and further open your eyes and heart. Then go serve and love. what you need but you keep on searching I've done all the work but you keep on working when you're running on empty and you can't find the remedy just come to the well you can spend your whole life Chasing what's missing, but that empty inside, it just ain't gonna listen. When nothing can satisfy, and the world leaves you high and dry, just come to the well. It's all who's first to win, first to all who search will find what their souls long for. The world will try, but it can never fail. So leave it all behind and come to the well. So bring me your heart, no matter how broken. Just come as you are When your last prayer is spoken Just rest in my arms a while You'll feel the change, my child When you come to the will It's all who thirst and will thirst no more It's all who search will find What their souls long for but it can never fail So leave it all behind And come to the way